welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a creature, give it cancer, and wait to see what it mutates into. That'll work out okay, right? No. My name is Matt. And I'm a writhing pile of gut worms. And uh, we did Annihilation we for sure this did. one. Um, good movie. Very good movie, yeah. Love this, love this movie. I was kind of worried about watching it because I liked it when I first watched it, and we kind of had that with Underwater, where it was like, oh, wow, this is great, and then we watched it again, and it's like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. And this is like, no, but I still liked it just as much. I liked it a little less, I'll be honest. Okay. I did like it a little less, but that's mostly because of the acting. I don't, like, I, I know that that's kind of the point in a lot of this, but the acting is just so subdued. It's very understated. And just kind of, I don't know. Um... But again, I, I realized, like, like that is kind of the point in a lot mm-hmm. of these, for a lot of these characters, but, um, but honestly, and, and it could be my color, coloration, because I've gotten in the habit of um, going through these movies and trying to pick out good line reads uh-huh. or memorable lines and stuff. This movie doesn't really have that. Like it's it doesn't got a, it's, have a whole lot of like iconic lines or anything like that. It's got some interesting ones, especially it, later, later on. Well, but. it's got some some in depth monologues mm-hmm. um, and some pretty like profound kind of sounding lines. It, it, a but, lot of contemplating our navels, navels in this one, right? But there's nothing that I could just like. Oh, that was a fun line, right? There's right. No, none of that. So, um, but other than that, like, no, it's 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 a good movie. I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember it being this long. I don't remember it being almost two hours, but it uh, is. <laughs> it's funny because the first time I watched it, I, it felt like a lot longer. And this oh, yeah. time it was, it, it didn't feel as long. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I recommend them. I recommend oh, this movie. Sure, absolutely. Sure. Um, and, and I know a lot, a lot of people uh, really, really like this. It, it's one so. of those that's been redeemed upon release because it was kind of farted out by studios by paramount well and there's a reason for that yeah. so um because you normally normally when we do these um obviously we we pass this back and forth right uh and normally whoever's weak it is as it were does the bulk of everything up stuff <laughs> yeah uh but this time you did ask me to yeah because i had no time i yeah, ran you, out of time yeah, asked me to pick up some of the slack so i i came up with a few things mm-hmm. um i and probably I found did... a few more since then but oh good because i didn't do yeah. a huge amount of research Mostly because I also didn't really have time, but yeah. uh, we'll, we'll cover those. Well, I, I looked into the budget like I normally do, just because I, I find that sort of thing interesting. Okay, good, good. Because th- this had a $40 million budget, which is a little on the low side for a movie like this. Yeah, that it sounded low. Uh, it had a domestic box office of 32.7 mil, <sighs> which isn't surprising considering how the studio like kind of shafted it. There's reasons for that yeah. too, but yeah, but it, it did have a gross worldwide, so that's with domestic and everywhere else of uh, forty three mil. So it did make its budget back eventually. It just took a bit. <laughs> that's good, but it is by no means a a smash success. All right, yeah. Um, let's see, where did I? Yeah, so I guess I'll just cover that up up front. Uh, one of the big reasons why this movie kind of got shafted by Paramount was because uh, one of the financers at Paramount named uh, David uh, Ellison, mm-hmm. um, he clashed heads with um, with one of the producers, Scott Rudin, uh, pretty heavily yeah. throughout the entirety of this this movie. Uh, for the, big, the biggest thing that I could drudge up was that uh, Ellison didn't think that this movie was going to do very well. He thought it was too intellectual, uh, too complicated, right. uh, and he wanted... 
Alex Garland, the, the director, he wanted Alex and to basically dumb it down. He wanted like he wanted Natalie Portman's character to be even more sympathetic and more relatable. He mm-hmm. wanted um, he wanted the ending changed. He wanted all kinds of different changes to to be made so that it would be in his eyes more appropriate for a general audience. Yeah. But um but the producer, Scott Rudin, fought against that as well. Yeah. He backed up uh Garland and they eventually were able to keep the movie's integrity. They were able to right, I read that. overpower that. And because of that and a lot of other reasons, um, yeah, like basically Paramount didn't want to have anything to do with this yeah. movie. They were so pissed off at at uh, Scott Rudin. Um, they tapped Netflix as the uh, the distributor for this, which yeah, is yeah. It, they they brought Netflix in to handle the international distribution, mm-hmm. uh, and it hit streaming services 17 days after the film's yeah. U.S. and Chi- uh, Chinese theatrical release. And it was released in U.S. Bo- uh, box offices opposite the first Black Panther movie. Yeah. So they were deliberately fucking this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I hadn't seen this one until much later. Because I remember seeing I, the trailer for this and yeah. going, wow, I gotta see this. And then... Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't even remember it hitting theaters. No. I just remember it seeing it on, on Amazon Prime, I think it I was. I saw it um, when we got it in at work on DVD. is when I, Or Blu-ray is when I saw it. Which oh, wasn't, me. you know, that much long after it left theaters. Right. Right. So... Yeah, they they tried to they really tried. Yeah, it it's I don't know. I I don't understand deliberately sabotaging something you've sunk money into. Like that is insane to me. <laughs> right. Fucking well, rich major studios like yeah, I don't yeah. I, it's the it, it is beyond me as well. Yeah. But that's but the I, reality we live in. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't get altered cuz I like the I like having Lena as kind of a sympathetic non-sympathetic character uh-huh and i adore the open ending i do too i do too no i'm i'm very glad that they didn't they didn't dumb this down as it were yeah, yeah. like i i like how this movie is mm-hmm. so and it's visually stunning it is amazing visually yeah. this so. is like i know i rag on cgi over practical effects a lot this is a movie where you need to use that cgi mm-hmm. because you cannot replicate the stuff in there like practically right like the stuff that's in there is beyond human conception like and that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to look alien and uncanny and otherworldly yeah which is what you use cgi for right um, and also like the color use. Oh it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the way gorgeous. The, the way light is in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a very, very visually striking movie, yep. and that's a big part of it. So. Yep. Uh, so do you want to get into this? Yeah, sure. Uh, saw this on Amazon Prime with ads. Yep. So there was a lot of ad breaks in this, which was fine. Yeah. It was very startling though. Like, you get a quiet scene. And then just sudden loud Applebee's commercial. Like, <laughs> yeah. loud Applebee's yeah. commercial. Yeah. A lot of commercials for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I didn't get any. Oh, I, I got at least one every break. I got a lot for um, an HIV treatment. I didn't get that one. <laughs> Drug. Which, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> which is weird. I think I would be the one who would get that. Right? I, so I'm the one more at risk than, than you are, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> I would think so, too. But I don't know, man. Like... But whatever, yeah. it's that's that's where <laughs> I guess maybe I've had some questionable searches in my history. Yeah. I don't know, but, but I don't know what you do when you're off time. <laughs> I'm not here. But um, but no, yeah, we we had those we had those ad breaks, and right. uh, whenever it, for me, whenever it came up to an ad break, I would 
tab over to a different window and do something else. Oh. And I would just wait for the noise to stop. <laughs> they are so loud. Like, I, it's weird to keep ragging on that, but it's like a, a thing when you watch this movie on, on that it's service. No, it's very noticeable. It's noticeable, yeah. yeah the, Especially, the, like, the very last commercial break. Yeah. Was that, like, uh, a very intense part in the movie. And it's like dead quiet. And then all of a sudden, bam, Applebee's commercial with like <laughs> super loud music and guitars yeah. and well, shit. Well, yeah, it's, it's, they're very, the commercials are very energetic. They're very yeah. noisy. Yeah. So, and the movie is unusually quiet for, yeah. for. Except for the, like the soundtrack. And right. the soundtrack to this movie is wild. It's like, good. I love it. It's good. My cat hates it. <laughs> Uh, Earl was sitting on my bed while I was watching this and he was so upset like at the end of the movie when you get the, the super loud like droning and yeah. humming and He's, those he, bass he hits. He wasn't a fan, huh? No, he hated it. He like stared at the... He was staring at the screen and then he just turned his head looked at me and <laughs> just stared me down until I turned it down a little bit. Everybody's a critic. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Earl. Anyway. Uh, at the start of this, we see Natalie Portman as Lena talking to Benedict Wong as Lomax. So we keep wanting to call Baymax. Uh, in a like a clean room with a lot of scientists in clean suits watching them. Yeah, so we got Wong grilling Jane Foster about the whereabouts of Valkyrie, um, while uh, <laughs> while Jane Foster's husband Moon Knight <laughs> is dying in the next room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Padme Amidala is wondering where what happened to her husband uh, Poe Dameron. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> a lot of a lot, a lot of, of uh, yeah. A lot of linked actors, but it's very funny. Yeah, especially um, since um, Oscar Isaac was filming this at the same time he was filming um, the, Last Jedi. the Last Jedi. Yeah, mm-hmm. and was those two sets were like right next to each other. Yeah, he he used the same trailer. Yeah, and he would sometimes film on the same day. Yeah, for yeah. both movies. But um, also that dude put in some work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess he wasn't in Last Jedi all that much, but. He had, a, he had some bigger parts. Yeah, that's. And I guess that's the bigger more so, movie. For more him. so than than Skywalker. Well, th- that movie. The less said about that movie. The yeah, better. let's not get into that. Let's just continue but, on. With uh, this. Yeah. Oh, also, um, I do want to kind of up top here mention. I uh, wasn't sure if you were going to touch up on this, but this movie is based on yes. the first book in the I'm... Southern Reach trilogy. Yes. By Jeff Vandermeer. Should have mentioned that. <laughs> that's okay. Um, the uh, like I said, the director and the writer Alex Garland had previously read the the first mm-hmm. book. Um, and he intentionally did not reread this prior to right. writing the script because he instead wanted it to be more like the dream of the book his or a recollections memory. Of yeah. It. yeah. Um, and that way he would have his own interpretation. And apparently this was done with the author's blessing. Like right, the, yeah. the author was like, yeah, dude, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, also, I guess, according to Garland anyway, uh, the script was finalized before the second book in the trilogy was even published. Right. And he refused to read the remaining books so that they wouldn't influence his kind of direction in this yeah, movie. Yeah. And, um, that caused some problems. <laughs> yeah. Cause unfortunately, uh, the ethnicities apparently of the characters were not revealed in the first movie or not discussed. Mm-hmm. And they were in the second one. And that did make a little bit of an issue because, uh, evidently the, um, Natalie Portman's character, Lena and Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Dr. Ventress are both Asian and half native American, uh, right. respectively in the books. And there was some backlash because of, well, whitewashing. Right, right. Uh, which is a perfectly valid yeah, it's argument. A, it's a valid criticism, but they, where it's not spoken in the first book, it's very unintentional. It doesn't make it not valid, and it, but it it's just unintentional. Yeah, it, it, makes it, uninfor- it, it makes it unfortunate. Right, it's, right. It's too bad. I would have loved, like, as much as I love Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't really have any feelings on Jennifer Jason Lee, but she's fine. Um, I would have loved to see them correctly oh, cast yeah, yeah. with with their ethnicities, but uh, there's not a lot we could do about no, that in hindsight. It, it was kind of unavoidable considering how they produced this, which is which is unfortunate. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I've, anyway, that's... I've tried reading Jeff Vandermeer's work, and I usually kind of bounce off of it because it's very abstract. Sure. Um, I read Annihilation, the first book in the Southern Reach trilogy, but I just kind of bounced off of that that second book and didn't finish it. Um, I've read the first book in his in his second trilogy that involves a giant floating bear above a, a post-apocalyptic city. It's very, very interesting. I like that one better. Like yeah. it, it felt more like a story than the Southern Reach stuff did. But I, I need to go back and take another crack at it at some point. It sounds like it would be way beyond me. It, so. It's like I said, it's very abstract and for yeah. better or worse. And it, it's for me, it's hard to, to fully understand. I wouldn't be able even be yeah. able to comprehend. So, but yeah, it's and I guess Vandermeer is kind of undecided how he feels about the movie because sometimes he really praises like the the bold choices they make. And other times he's really uh, defensive about, like, what they changed from the book and stuff like that. So he's kind of on the right. fence about it. Yeah, because this, I mean, it, it is largely changed from the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were a lot of major elements from the book that were removed or just simply combined into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the, the bear, for example, the bear, the crocodile. There's yeah. a lot of things like that. that, that... There, there's more, like mutated creatures in the book mm-hmm. and they don't show up in the movie or they're combined into like the gator scene and stuff like that. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, we are back with uh, Natalie Portman and Benedict Wong and uh, Wong asks her, you know, what happened to the rest of your team? And she says she doesn't know. We flash back to uh, the beginning of this whole problem where a meteor hits a lighthouse causing fractal problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my first my first note was that a meteor hits the lighthouse and somehow does not decimate this lighthouse. Correct, yeah, yeah. Uh, we cut forward or back, depending on where you're starting this movie. <laughs> and uh, we are in Lena's classroom where she is talking about uh, cells and mitosis and is explaining that these cells are from someone with cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been theorized that these are the... Uh, Cells from uh, Henrietta Lacks, uh, from that the story about her, where her cells were taken from her without her knowledge and experimented on because they were really unique um, and it grew exponentially. Um, and her family was never recompensated for the uh, advances that she was able to contribute to in medicine. So. Mm-hmm. And that's later followed up on because when she's reading in bed with uh, Kane, she's reading uh, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. So it's kind of... There's a lot of echoes and flash forwards and flashbacks of this movie. Yeah, which is the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, her coworker Dan catches up with her after class to ask her to a party, but she refuses, saying that she is busy painting the uh, the walls of her bedroom. Yeah, he... He he uh, kind of makes it seem like 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 he is under the the belief that she thinks he's asking her for romantic advances. Yeah, and uh, he's like, no, no, no. It's it's 
strictly a, it's just a party. And mm-hmm. but she continues to kind of push back on that, like, no, no, I, I just right, want right. to, you know. And this is also when we get the hint that, like, you know, some something happened. Something happened her, to her husband a year ago. Yeah. Uh, Lena sits at home that night, remembering her husband in better times. Uh, she's got pictures of them together, and she's remembering how they used to be. And Matt, I have to say, if you die, I am replacing you with another podcast host before you are cold in the ground. Yeah, I saw that note, just kind of like, your note of that. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. I, I just kind of glanced through and I saw that. Yeah. And it, just, I just wanted you to know just, that the podcast will live on after you. <laughs> I won't just, sit around mourning for years at a time. It's just very, I was very puzzled by that. Yeah. Well, that's comforting? Yeah. <laughs> or not? I'm yeah. not really sure. That's fine. I don't care. I'll be dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll have you know that if you die, uh-huh. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> better start thinking. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> I don't know, actually. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going to happen to me. Don't. I like you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Then we get a sudden Oscar Isaac as he appears in the doorway of the bedroom. It's Moon Knight. Yep. And it is apparent from the get-go that something is wrong with, with Kane. Like, he's disoriented. Uh, Lena starts kissing him and he doesn't reciprocate. He doesn't seem to know who she is or who he is. He's got, like, brain damage or something. Yeah. He's got extreme memory loss and can't remember basically anything before arriving in the house. Uh, they sit at a table, and um, Lena's, like, asking him, like, where were you for a year? Like, what was this mission you were on? And he can't answer because he doesn't know. We get a lot of shots through the glass where their hands are refracted, because that's the name of the game, and this one is refraction and fractal, fractal and... Echoes. Echoes, and, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, There's yep. a lot of callbacks to that. Uh, Kane takes a swig from the glass and leaves a blood trail in it. So he's not doing particularly good. <laughs> he's, he's doing bad. Yeah. Uh, Lena calls an ambulance for him. And in the ambulance, they say that he is, like, degenerating quickly. He's falling apart. His organs are all failing. Right, right. <clears throat> and then government vehicles run them off the road. So, so that'll help. <laughs> yep. Uh, Kane's gurney is grabbed by the military, and Lena is sedated. And then a Pokemon ad happens. <laughs> we immediately cut to a, another title card telling us that this is Area X. Whatever that means. Yeah. And Lena is in a cell where she is kind of sick. Um, and a doctor comes in and informs her that it is a hangover from the sedative they injected her with. This is Dr. Ventress, who sounds like a supervillain. <laughs> like, that is 100% a supervillain name. Well, like, well, I mean, it's the name of a Sith Lord in right. Star Wars, so... Or maybe not a Sith Lord, not a but Sith a, Lord. not a Sith Lord, excuse Apprentice. me. Appren- yeah, it's the name yeah. of a bad a bad person. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad bald lady. A bad light sword user. Okay. <laughs> um, Ventress and Lena begin talking, and Lena theorizes that on whatever mission he was on, Kane was subjected to intense radiation or maybe a virus of some kind to cause this reaction in him. Uh, Ventress takes Lena outside of her shell and her shell, her cell and shows her the shimmer, which is this big flowing barricade. (laughs) It's the, it's yeah, it's this kind of shimmering 
so aptly named. Yeah. Um, like a, like a, almost what you would, like what you see, like the rainbow refractals in a bubble. Like yeah. A soap or like bubble. an oil spill on water or something. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of imagery that calls back to that. Yeah. Um, things go into the shimmer and nothing comes out of the shimmer up until now. And it's expanding. Yeah. It's been expanding. It's been going on for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started, it, the, the lighthouse is the epicenter of it. Right. Um, they know this, and it has been slowly expanding, uh, enveloping mostly swampland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's eating Florida. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't hit any major populated areas. Uh, Just a few small, like, villages and yeah, communities yeah. Uh, that they've been able to evacuate, or mostly evacuate. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's been slowly expanding, and... Does not show any signs of stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where, like, again, I know this is the point, but this is where I really started to kind of drag on the the acting because <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee's performance is so exaggeratingly dull. Yeah, like she's she, very I, again. I know that's the point. I know that's the direction she was given, but it's like there is no emotion in her voice, and it's just it's flat the entire right. time, and it's. Ooh, it, it, it's, it, I, I didn't like it. I yeah. didn't like it at all. I'd like to talk about Sergeant Kane. You're not going to be able to see a lawyer. And then we're talking cities, states, and so on. But you made regular requests for information from his unit, CL. Blackwater National Park reported that a lighthouse was surrounded by something they termed a shimmer. Your research area is the genetically programmed life cycle of a cell. Until six months ago, and then you stopped. He's extremely ill. And the boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. So far, it's eating into barely populated swampland, which, you know, we evacuated under the pretext of a chemical spill, but... It didn't bug me that much. It didn't bother me the first time I watched the movie, but this time it did. Hmm. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, apparently Kane was the first thing to come out of the Shimmer, and now he's dying. So, great. We take a flashback to Lena and Kane laying in bed together and contemplating their navels about the nature of God and the moon and all sorts of stuff. And then they have a tickle fight. And then they have a tickle fight, yes. <laughs> That's what you do after you, yeah. after you have those kinds of discussions. Yeah, deep philosophical conversation, and then tee-hee, tickles. <laughs> Uh, this is just before Kane left on the mission to the Shimmer, so he knows that he's leaving somewhere where he's probably not going to come back from. Yeah. Uh, at some point in the time, um, I think it's while Ventress is talking to Lena, uh, it, it is revealed that, like, because both Lena and uh, Kane ha- are come from a military background, right. and uh, while Lena is no longer in the military, Kane is. Mm-hmm. But because of all of this, like, she knew that Kane's mission was probably top secret, but she didn't ask. He didn't yeah. tell her anything, and she didn't ask. It yeah. was one of those kind of unspoken, like, we're not going to bother each other with yeah, this. Yeah, we can't say anything about it anyway, so... Why even bring it up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do really like Kane and Lena's interactions in this scene. I think it's very cute and funny. They they have a lot of chemistry. They do. Well, they're both very good actors, so... <laughs> they're both they're both very good actors. They're both charismatic actors. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they're great. Yep. I got nothing else to say. Uh, we cut back to Lena meeting the rest of the team on the roof of the uh, Southern Reach facility. Oh, God. Tessa Thompson is so fucking cute in this She movie. really is. Oh, <laughs> my the glasses. God. It, she's... 
talk about another good actress. Like yeah. she is, she's got some range because like you look at her from like playing Valkyrie in, in yeah. Thor and, and then you look at her in this and they're completely. She's all like small and like mousy meeky. in this. Yeah. yeah. And, and in, in Valkyrie, she's kind of dominant and strong and like completely uh-huh. opposites. And she pulls it off very well in both. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the rest of our team is uh Shepard, Josie and Anya. Uh, Lena specifically does not tell the rest of her team that Kane is her husband. She keeps that hidden from them. Uh, and the rest of the team tells her that they, along with Ventress, are going into the Shimmer the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lena goes back to see Kane, breaking his quarantine, since uh, I guess she figures yeah. she's already <laughs> contaminated. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Yeah. I guess? I don't I know. know. There's no one. The guy who's there is asleep, so... <laughs> Uh, and then she talks with Ventress about going into the Shimmer. Mm-hmm. She wants to go with she him. She wants to go with him. Uh, she says that we, in the present interview segments with Benedict Wong, sh- Lena says that she owed Kane, which is why she went in, and she doesn't elaborate on what that means. Yeah, yet. she seems to be very dedicated to her husband. Yeah, yeah. Except when she wasn't. Yeah, well, that'll come in later. <laughs> uh, the women arm up and enter the Shimmer. And then we cut to another title card of the Shimmer. And uh, Lena wakes up having a sex dream with someone. It's not shown who it is. Uh, But everything is super overgrown in here. The light is oily looking and thick and in weird colors. Thick light is a... That's a statement. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. (laughs) The light is chunky, like you can cut it with a knife. (laughs) Um, Anya is handing out rations to everybody and they're extremely disoriented and can't remember anything about after entering the Shimmer. Uh, but judging by what they've eaten and how much time has passed, it seems they've lost about four days. Yeah. Which is like, oh my God. That's I can only, terrifying. Yeah. I can only imagine just suddenly waking up and not being able to remember the last four days. Yeah, like that yeah. is very And it's not like you haven't done anything for those days because obviously they've traveled further into the Shimmer. They've been eating. They've been, like... They've been doing what they probably would normally do. They've been taking samples. They've been scouting all this stuff. And then they wake up and just like, wait, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah, that is terrifying. (laughs) Uh, They determine that they have no means of communicating outside of the Shimmer. And due to the weird magnetic structure of the Shimmer, their compass is completely useless. So they have to orient themselves the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. They have to use some of their survival training. Yep. Which I think only like two of them have, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but they they can manage. They they, they, can manage. they orient themselves and get a moving and yeah, come across. They, their plan is to head south to the coast, right, and then follow the coastline because then that yeah. way they won't get lost. The goal is the lighthouse, mm-hmm. and so they're that's where they're headed. Uh, they get a moving and come across a flooded house with flowers growing all around it and on the fence around it. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's very pretty, but it's uncanny. It's well, like it's, it's unnatural. For yeah, sure. yeah. Because Lena notes that all of these flowers are coming from the same plant, from the same like root growth, but they're all different. No two plants, no two of these flowers are exactly the same. Yeah, they're they're different species. So they're mutating at a rapid rate, like as fast as they can bud, mm-hmm. which is insane. Uh, and then just as they find some boats to tras- uh, traverse the river, something tugs Josie into the building. We do not see it at this no, point. No, it's an intense. It's an intense, like, Just all of a sudden, something yanks her backpack and pulls her into the house. Uh Uh-huh. The team pulls her out of the water, and we see a giant albino gator. They begin shooting at it, and it roars at them and is hyper-aggressive towards them. 
Uh, Lena manages to kill it, and they find out that this gator has teeth, um, echo, like reciprocating all the way down its mouth. Yeah, it's got like into a throat. its throat. Yeah, it's it's I call it the throat tooth alligator. Yeah, yeah. They try and identify what the fuck is going on with this thing, and even question if it's somehow a shark gator hybrid, mm-hmm. <laughs> which can't happen. Right, but that seems to be what this is like. It's very strange. Uh, we cut back to the present interview, and Lena says that the mutations got more severe the closer they got to the lighthouse and begins mentioning duplicates. Uh, she also mentions that being in the Shimmer was dreamlike and not everything they saw was hideous and disgusting. There was also some points of real beauty in there. There was a lot of, a lot of pretty stuff. Mm-hmm. The team commandeers the boats, and Lena notices that she's got a strange bruise on her arm. This took me a bit to realize what the hell was going on here. See, I never really fully... I, I never got it. Okay. I never got it. So, If you notice in the present day scenes, mm-hmm. Lena has the Ouroboros tattoo yeah, on her arm. Right, which she doesn't have. She doesn't. Shimmer. That's Anya's tattoo. Oh, really? She's getting okay. Anya's tattoo on her arm. Oh, and that's what the bruise is at the beginnings yes. of that tattoo. Yep. Oh! Yeah, nope, nope. Never got that. Yeah. I never yeah. got that. Their DNA and everything is getting all... It's getting mixed. Mixed together and getting getting refracted onto each other, essentially. Uh, Shepard and Lena talk while they row, and Shepard mentions that everyone on the team is damaged goods. Like, uh, one of them is a cutter, and Anya was apparently an alcoholic but is sober now. And no one knows what the fuck is going on with Ventress. Yeah, they just know that she doesn't have... Anybody. She's got no friends, no family. She's She's been completely cut off Mm -hmm. from everyone. Anya discovers uh, an old watchtower sticking above the forest line. They follow it and get to a fort. Which, Ventress points out, used to be the old Southern Reach HQ before the Shimmer swallowed it. So, it's been advancing that far that fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see flowering mold mutations along the walls of the fort in, like, strange configurations strange patterns yeah yeah there's a lot of mold around because mold grows fast therefore with the effects of the shimmer it's going to mutate fast yeah and again it's very it's very like it's pretty in a in in a very unnerving way yeah a very unnerving and unclean way Mm -hmm. oh then i noted that we get a commercial for the movie nope that completely spoils the fucking movie oh really yes that's too bad like it is you know how all the commercials up till Nope were kind of very... They were super vague. Vague about what was going on and didn't show anything? Uh-huh. This shows everything. Oh. Like, everything, everything. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully people have seen the movie I hope now, enough people but... have seen it that they're not going to mind that. Because right. that pissed me off when I saw that. <laughs> I just had to note that. Yeah, I didn't get any of those ads either. Yeah, so. that was the only one I got. It made me very mad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the team begins exploring the fort and finds evidence that another team stayed here at some point. Probably the previous team. At least one previous team, yeah. Because they said that they sent, what, six different teams in at this point? I don't. I didn't catch the number, it, but... Yeah. And then Lena finds a uh, duty board with Kane's name on it, as well as the other names of his team members. Then Shepard discovers uh, a little... Ziploc baggie addressed to those who follow, which is not a good sign. That's the kind of shit you find in Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. It ends with somebody describing something as itchy and tasty. (laughs) Uh, It's got a little memory card in it. They plug it into their camera and watch the video. 
and this is an intense scene. Yeah, it's it's one of those where like you're expecting like somebody to kind of monologue and explain right. something. Yeah. But no, this doesn't do any of that. No, it explains nothing. Um, all you see is close up of Kane. Uh, his team members are holding another team member in a chair, and like he the the guy in the chair is like, okay, do it, do it. So Kane grabs a knife, stabs him in the gut, and begins cutting. He just cuts a square out of the dude's yeah. stomach. And then pulls it back. And you see his intestines moving like they're alive. Yeah. It's like some kind of... It almost looked like a worm or a snake. Eel or something. Wrapped yeah. around his intestines. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's, like, yeah. The, the gator is strange. And like all of the flowers and the mold and stuff is strange. This is the point where it's like, oh, okay, this is... Whatever's going on, it's configuring human bodies into configurations where they don't survive anymore. Yeah, like, this is it's bad. It's bad, yeah. Lena excuses herself from watching the video after that. Uh, Anya insists that what was on the video couldn't be on the video. <laughs> like, that is an impossibility. We had to be seeing something. It was a trick of the light. That didn't happen. Yeah, because Anya is a field medic. Yes. And, and she's like, yeah, no, that's... I've seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the light can do weird things to you. Like, especially when you're in freaked out situation, when you have high stress levels. Right, yeah. Whatever. It can do weird stuff to you. Like, you can see weird things. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they find the remains of the guy from the video plastered to the walls of a swimming, of an emptied swimming pool, like, by mold, and he's been, like, ripped apart. Yeah, that man had a real bad time. <sighs> he's in, like... Three different pieces because his legs are stuck to the wall. Then his torso is up a bit higher. Then the top part of his skull is removed from that. Uh huh. It's like he just exploded outwards slowly. <laughs> slowly, yeah. It's yeah. gruesome. And then they find the knife that Kane had dropped after, or had washed in the pool water after cutting the dude open. And yeah, basically this is where that video was shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the team moves to the outside watchtower because they don't want to stay in the building with the. Exploded, mold exploded, man. <laughs> yeah, they're like, um, we'll take our chances outside. Yeah, yeah. We cut back to the uh, day that Kane left. And Kane is obviously worried that he won't come back from the Shimmer. But he can't tell Lena where he's going or anything. Um, he's leaving a day early. And there's also, you there's also a kinda, tension between them. There's tension and animosity going yeah, on. Yeah, something it's, happened at some point. It's a very distinct and stark difference from the previous night flashback. Right, right. The flashback of the previous night. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, that night, Lena begins to examine some of the samples they took, and they don't make any sense. Like, she watches a cell rapidly divide, and the divided cell is completely different from the one it split from. That doesn't happen. Like, that is mutation on a scale that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. uh, Ventress is up in a, like, way station on the ground floor, like, reading maps and trying to route their... Yeah, because after they saw the, the duty board earlier, they, they determined that the previous team had been guarding the perimeter. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we should probably do that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what they do. Uh, Lena confronts her about why Kane volunteered for what was... Apparently an obvious suicide mission. Because no one's ever come back from this. So he knew he probably wasn't going to be coming back. Right. So what's up with that? Um, Ventress, like, says it's not a suicide mission. It was a self-destruction mission, which is different. <laughs> um, 
and this is kind of where Lena begins to guess that she has cancer. Yeah. That Ventress has cancer or some has some, something wrong with her. Something wrong with her, right. But th- this is where a lot of the themes of the movie start yeah, to, yeah. to poke through because um, Ventress talks about the self-sabotage. Yeah. And uh, she kind of goes on, like, even happy marriages, people will self-sabotage for reasons that they can't, they can't understand. really understand. Yeah. Such as being in unfaithful or... Mm-hmm. You know, doing kind of other stuff. Kind of also suggesting... suggesting That... What happened with Lena. Yeah. Right, right. Why did my husband volunteer for a suicide mission? Is that what you think we're doing? Committing suicide. You must have profiled him. You must have assessed him. He must have said something. So you're asking me as a psychologist? Yeah. And as a psychologist... I'd say you're confusing suicide with self-destruction. Almost none of us commit suicide. And almost all of us self-destruct. In some way, in some part of our lives. We drink, or we smoke. We destabilize the good job. The happy marriage. These aren't decisions, they're they're impulses. In fact, probably better equipped to explain this than I am. What does that mean? You're a biologist. Isn't self-destruction coded into us, programmed into each cell? Um, While they're discussing this, they hear a strange noise off in the distance uh, that's loud enough that it wakes Anya up in in the tower, and something has tore through the fence and it's a bear <laughs> yeah, suddenly bear <laughs> suddenly bear uh which grabs shepherd and yanks her away into the forest or into the wetlands mm-hmm. or whatever bye shepherd yeah uh the next morning josie wants to immediately turn around and head out of the shimmer and anya agrees ventress refuses by saying that no they haven't reached the lighthouse yet that's the goal if they go back now they're not going to have anything lena agrees that they should go back but also says it would be faster to go forward to the lighthouse and then follow the coast out. Yeah, because she's like, well, this is, it's, it's wilderness there. You could get lost. It's a while. But if you head directly to the coast and then follow the coast, mm-hmm. you know, opposite direction of the lighthouse, right. you'll get out of the shimmer faster. Yeah. They're five days into the shimmer because mm-hmm. they lost those four days. And then this is another one. And they're only two days, and away, two from days away from the lighthouse. And then they can just follow the coast. So she's like, It'll be faster to go Yeah, inward. she even says, like, this isn't about the lighthouse. Then we get Arrested Development voice. It was about the lighthouse. Yeah, very <laughs> much so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in the present, we get the drop that Ventress had cancer and had no intention on returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team presses forward into the wetlands, and they find Shepard's clothing. Lena is strangely determined to see if Shepard is still alive. When everyone else is like, well, she's obviously dead. And Lena's like, no, I I have to see. I have to see for myself. And she heads off into the wetlands following the trail by herself, which is not a smart move, if you ask me, but no one did. (laughs) Uh, Then she comes across a pair of sawbucks. Yeah, uh, (laughs) a couple of fucking Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're sawbucks. They're deer with flowered antlers. Yep. Although one of them has a skull face. One of them does have a skull face, So that's a bit different. (laughs) Uh, They're moving perfectly in sync. Except one is more severely mutated than the other. Mm -hmm. But they're both weird. 
Yeah, they the are. Weird deer. They're pretty, though. They they're are pretty. They're, they're yeah, both they've... pretty, even the one with the skull face. Yeah. Is pretty in its own way. Yeah, yeah. And this is what she's talking about in the more present, where she says, like, there were moments of actual beauty in here. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. Uh, and then she comes across Shepard's body, which is not a moment of beauty. Yeah, Shepard is anything but alive. No, she's had her, to- her throat completely, like, devoured. She, uh, Lena returns to the group, informs them of Shepard's fate, and they continue on to the settlement where they were planning on going. They find, like, a series of plants that have grown in the exact shape of people. Which is unnerving and beautiful at the it, same it's time. Uncanny. Yeah. It's uncanny. It's very uncanny. And then uh, Josie begins to theorize that the reason their radios aren't reaching outside is because the signal is being refracted. Like it's being duplicated over and over and over again, so it's just static. And that the shimmer is, in fact, refracting absolutely everything, including them. Including DNA. Yeah. Uh, They set up camp in one of the abandoned houses. They set up camp in one of the abandoned houses. Um... And it is apparent from that night that Anya is starting to snap. Anya not doing great. No, no. Uh, Instead of sleeping, Lena examines her blood. uh, And she notices the same mutations in her blood that she was noticing from the samples earlier, where it's dividing incredibly fast, and the divided cell is completely different from It's mutating very, very rapidly. It's refracting, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then we flash back to her having sex with Dan. Okay. So this is where we are shown the infidelity, yeah. Uh, presumably while Kane has gone on a mission of some kind. And then putting the pieces together, we can infer that Lena thinks the reason that Kane went on this apparent suicide mission is because he found out about her affair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night, Lena is asleep. Anya wakes her up by shouting at her. That she's a liar. Pointing a gun at her face. And then smacks her over the head with a rifle. Yeah. And ties her, Josie, and Ventress up. Anya is convinced that Lena is lying to them because she found out that Kane was her husband by examining her wedding ring. And that she killed Shepard. Like, she determines that either Lena's telling the truth and Shepard just died out there. Or Lena's been lying about everything and she killed Shepard to keep her quiet. Yep. And now that she's revealed that... Lena has been keeping secrets or in her eyes lying Uh she's not incapable of lying about everything right right she does say that there's a third possibility which is they're going as nutty as everyone on that video was Mm -hmm. but surely not (laughs) can't possibly be yeah Uh, and then Anya says that she can see her fingerprints moving yeah well there were a lot of scenes where of her looking at her hand hand, and you can actually kind of see it looks like her hand is swirling it's like fuzzy yeah. Uh, and that she is afraid that the rest of the group is going to grab her and cut her open and her insides are going to be moving just like the person on the video was. Mm-hmm. So that really affected it, her. It got her bad. and got her bad. Which is understandable. Yeah. And then we get the scene. That's that's exactly how I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> this is what everyone remembers from this movie is this fucking this, scene. This is the pale man scene from... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, the group hears Shepard screaming for help from outside, which oh. is weird because Shepard's super dead. Well, Lena said she Lena was said dead. She's, yeah, yeah. So Anya is like, there she is. She's alive. Lena's a liar, but I'm going to go and rescue Anya. Yeah, so... Or I'm going to go rescue yeah, uh, so Shepard. Anya charges outside, uh, and her voice is cut off by a bear. A bear scream. Yeah. This bear is very upsetting. Mm-hmm. 
So let's talk about Mr. Bear here. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, this bear has no face. It just has skull. Yep. It doesn't seem to have eyes it's anymore. A lo- it's an elongated skull. Elongated skull. Too. It's like a horse skull almost. Yeah. More than a, a bear skull. Yeah. Um, no eyes. Uh, it's like, does it have fur? <laughs> uh, it does. Like the fur starts like midway down its head. Okay. Because like even when they show the rest of its body, its fur doesn't look right. Uh, it might just be like dirty, matted, or and matted. Stuff. That's kind of what doesn't I look right. No, I mean that's what I interpreted, but yeah. I mean it could honestly, given the rest of this movie, it very well could be something, something else. else. Yeah, yeah. It's also its fur is like pale from an inland bear. It's mm-hmm. not cool. This bear is not cool. No, it's this bear is not doing great. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is kind of funny is um. The visual effects team had previously worked on Paddington. Okay, you got you had the same note. Yes. I did. Okay. Uh, where is that? I've got it here. I can't remember the bear. What they called the bear. So the 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 supervisor, the visual effects supervisor, Andrew Wrighthurst, mm-hmm. um, he had worked specifically on Paddington, the twenty fourteen Paddington, right, the first one, the first one. Uh, under a different studio. Right. Um, and because Paddington, a talking bear. A, a uh, talking bear that is named after... Uh, is, it's named after Paddington Station in London. Right. Uh, which is a very elegant and very nice, like, Victorian station. Uh, he and the rest of the team ended up naming our Scream Bear Homerton, which is, after the a very less than elegant station in East London. That's very funny. <laughs> I love that. Yep. But yeah, this, this is... Are extremely uh, upsetting bear. Yep. Uh, that's like the only way I can really describe this bear is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and also on its on its physical description, um, of course, on the left side of its face, and this is something that I never really noticed until uh-huh. I started looking for it this time. Um, it's got a human skull yeah. kind of poking out, uh, uh, yeah, sharing can... an eye socket. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's a horror factory bear. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is what everyone remembers from this movie. Yes, is this bear because it is terrifying. It yeah. is legitimately and horrendously horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. I love this movie. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love this bear. Like, there's a reason that yeah. it's a good reason why it's uh, this is so memorable. So uh, the bear begins shoving its snout between our tied up companions. And roars, and the roar mimics Shepard's voice as she was dying. <laughs> yep, screaming for help. Which is awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bear doesn't even seem to be, to know that it's really doing it. It's just doing it. Yeah, it's just the noise it's making. Yeah. Uh, Anya returns and shoots the bear, uh, but it tackles her and tears her apart. Uh, the rest of the team, uh, wiggle their way out from the restraints and Josie managed to, manages to finish off the bear. Yep. Goodbye, horror factory bear. At this point, Lena says it's too much. They have to go back. They can't continue on because it's just getting worse and they've already lost two team members. Uh, but Ventress says that they won't last much longer as who they are now. Because they're, they're going to mutate further. Yeah. And she wants to be the one to finish it, not whatever she ends up mutating into. Yeah, she wants to be the same person uh, as she was when she entered the Shimmer 
to get to the lighthouse. Right. So she she sets off right then and there. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't even wait for morning. Yeah, so she just heads off in the dark. Uh, the next morning, Josie is kneeling in the flower garden and contemplating the shimmer and all of the different effects that it has. Yeah, and she says... It was so strange hearing Shepard's voice in the mouth of that creature last night. Kind of an understatement, don't you it think? It is. <laughs> uh, at this point, Josie is weirdly calm. Like, mm-hmm. she is completely zenned out. Uh, she reveals her arms for the first time, and she's got cutter scars all the way down her arm. And there are also what look like vein, or, uh, vines going all the way up her arm. She stands up and is getting progressively leafier. <laughs> she's becoming she's becoming more leaf than woman. Yeah. And more plant than woman. Walks off, uh, Lena following her, and Josie is just gone. Yeah. Josie, Josie kind of says that like there are several ways to approach the Shimmer. You can yeah. fight against it. You can, or like you can actively like be aggressive towards it. You can like kind of resist it, mm-hmm. or you can just let it. And, and she just like fully accepts it into herself, and she's gone. Yeah, she. It's she kind of implied that. she becomes one of the flower, the treeple. The, yeah, the yeah, one of those things. But the dryads. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. Although that that is not explicitly said. Well, it's not explicitly said, and earlier when they were discussing that, it's not like that's not how no. they theorize those happen. Well, no, but at but, this point. Yeah, who she's knows? mutating so much. Who knows? Like yeah, she who kn- who could have become anything. What the hell happened? Yeah, she's so. just gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Josie. Josie needed to make like a tree and leave. Oh, Matt, I'm upset at you now. I'm upset at, as upset at you as I was at that bear. I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Chris. <laughs> um, we cut back to the interview in the present where. Lena says that she had a reason to come back, Kane, and the others didn't. Like, they had no connections, really. Uh, we get a cut to another title card saying The Lighthouse, but instead of being The Lighthouse, it's a flashback of Lena and Kane reading together on the couch. Uh, and then we jump forward immediately to Lena by herself in the shimmer, just hu- hugging her knees and sobbing. Lena has found her way all the way to the coast, where when we look at the water, it has the same oily look as the light. The water, or the light is reflecting off the light in weird ways. Uh, She walks towards the lighthouse, and we see that there are myriad crystal formations that surround it. There's crystal structures. Yeah. Which is interesting, because crystals are fractal constructs. They're prisms. Yeah. And then we... Cut to four rib cages just buried in the sand. Yeah, this kind of like weird shrine thing that someone made. Yeah, uh, and it's... she does not remark on this in any way. No, no, and but there's all kinds of skulls, like human skulls, yeah. arranged in front of it. Yeah, it's it's unnerving. It, yeah, it's just there, like mm-hmm. no ceremony or anything. It's just there. You you think they grew out of the ground? May have. <laughs> like it is entirely possible. Yeah. It could be the remains of Kane's team that he buried there. It could have been. I imagine because there's more other team members. Yeah, there's there's other clearly more past teams. There are more skeletons there than I think Kane's team had. Right. Um. So I I think that's kind of what I imagine. It was probably like the first or uh, among the first teams. Yeah. Because in, in like cutting a little bit ahead in the video that we soon see, uh huh, it shows this formation is that's already yeah. there. So yeah. it's been there for a while. Yeah. So it's real like. Who knows? It yes. could have been something that the, the Shimmer grew mm-hmm. after people died here and yes. is replicating it. 
Who knows? Who knows? It's another mystery. Uh, we get our first good look at the lighthouse, and it seems to be more organic than not. Like, it's alive. It's got, like, a lot of um, of like, that mold and veins and yeah. vines and But and they're roots, integrated, kind of... like, into the lighthouse itself. Yeah. They're not growing on it. They're mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah. Part of it. Part of it. And uh, inside the lighthouse, there's a great big hole in the middle of the floor. <laughs> yeah. And well, a corpse. Well, that's... <laughs> I think... Because the, the hole is where the, the asteroid... Hit. Crashed through because yeah. there's yeah. a hole. There's a hole in the uh, on the opposite wall right. higher up. Yeah, so. you can see where it drilled through, but it's perfectly smooth. It's not like a crash site. Yeah, it's, it's not a crater. It's a hole. It's a hole. <laughs> yeah, it punched through, and that's it. Yeah, uh, and then there is a burnt up corpse with the video camera pointing at it. <laughs> so something happened here. <laughs> something not great. Uh, Lena starts up the video. Um, and it shows Kane and the hole, which seems to be pulsing. Yeah, and he sees something, like, on the opposite side of the hole, or perhaps, like... Part of the hole? Well, or well it's... it's almost like he was in the hole looking out, and right. he saw this form. Right. This alien-looking humanoid form. Right. Uh, Kane plops down in the same position as the burnt-up corpse, so we can kind of see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And he says that he is not sure if he is still Kane anymore, or even a man. And maybe he's whoever's watching this video. Yeah, he uh, his but, his final words are haunting. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was a man. I had a life. People call me Kane. And now I'm not so sure. If I wasn't Kane, what was I? Was that you? Were you me? My flesh moves like liquid. My mind is just cut loose. I can't bear it. I can't bear it. it. You ever seen a phosphorus grenade go off? Kind of bright. Shield your eyes. If you ever get out of here, you find Lena. I will. Uh, He says that his flesh moves like liquid and his mind has completely cut loose from reality. Uh, So, Kane or this person who was Kane or was not Kane and became Kane. The person who might be Kane. Yeah. The man who would be Kane. (laughs) Uh, grabs a phosphorus grenade and lights himself up and says, don't look, it's going to be bright. And it is. It's as very he bright. burns yep. himself to cinders. And then he steps around from behind the camera. And then he steps around from behind the camera. <laughs> and it's just like, huh. Yeah, what just happened? But, <laughs> yeah. Because I am also Kane, and if that was Kane, and I am Kane, then who's Kane? <laughs> uh, back in the lighthouse, 
Lena hears Ventress screaming and mumbling to herself from inside the, the crash hole. The hole. <laughs> so Lena goes down. Uh, when she gets to the cavern inside, it's refracted in many different directions, like perfectly duplicated in a seemingly infinite array. So it just goes on and on and on forever. Mm-hmm. It's all the mirrors. Yeah. Uh, Ventress is speaking nonsense, and when the camera first wraps around her, she doesn't seem to have eyes. Yeah, it's like her skin grew over her eyes completely. Yeah. But then she turns around, and... She's okay. And she has eyes again, she's, so... She's normal. Yeah. And Ventress says that whatever was in the lighthouse is now inside her. Whatever that means. Well, she gets... This is where she has a, a pretty deep monologue. Yeah. And we get our title drop. Yeah, yeah. We spoke. What was it we said? That I needed to know what was inside the lighthouse. That moment's passed. It's inside me now. What's inside you? It's not like us. It's unlike us. I don't know what it wants. Or if it wants. But it will grow until it encompasses everything. Our bodies and our minds will be fragmented into their smallest parts until not one part remains. Annihilation. Uh, and then light begins shooting out of her. She vomits all holographic abstract art. Yeah, um, it looks like one of those Trapper Keeper covers <laughs> from, <laughs> from the, the 90s. 90s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's light and it begins flowing like water until she is consumed by whatever came out of her. Um, the light begins to refract and you see it separate like the cells did earlier. And then there's a strange tessellating alien form in the middle of this chamber sitting right before Lena. It's like a tesseract thing that just continuously morphs in on itself and is just very weird. Yeah. It's hard to describe. Yeah, it's a black (laughs) hole or some shit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is where my cat started to hate the music. (laughs) Well, the music is very intrusive at this point. Right. Which, again, is the point. Um, It's supposed to be... This is assaulting your visual and auditory senses completely. Because there is stuff happening that isn't supposed to happen and isn't, like, physically... Like, this is... In the the fiction of the movie, this is stuff that is happening that isn't physically or... or, um, uh, Yeah, physically capable of happening. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's not good. Lena stares into this alien form, which pulls a bead of blood out of a small cut she had. Uh, and the blood begins to refract and separate until it forms into a human shape. Humanoid kind of... Something. Yeah. Like a <laughs> like a like uh, an oil chrome yeah, shape. Like a child's drawing of a human shape. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lena fires at this 
doppelganger, but it's unaffected, so she charges past it. The bullets uh, become refracted into light. Yeah, yeah. As they hit it. And it has, like, weird light tentacles coming out the back of it that grab them and pull them back into its shape, and it's a lot. Um, while Lena runs up this, the, the, the hole, <laughs> we look behind her and we see that the doppelganger has vanished and it appears in the lighthouse in front of her. Yep, examining the camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, it begins mimicking her movements. Yep. Not perfectly. Not perfectly. Which is also the point. Yeah. Like, and that's the other part, too. It's like a lot of these, uh, like we, with the deer earlier mm-hmm. and stuff, when we see them... The echoes aren't perfect. No, they aren't. They, like, it's not meant to be perfect, but it's meant to be similar enough to where you know right. that's what it is. Well, even if, like, going back even further, when you look at the rows of teeth that the alligator had, they're not symmetrical, nice, neat little rows. Uh-huh. They're plopped down there like they were just dropped into its mouth. Yeah. Um... Lena grabs the camera uh, tripod and swings that at the doppelganger, but it clobbers her first, knocking her out. Um, and then it begins to sink itself to her movements even more. Like, it mimics her position on the ground as she's unconscious. Yeah, the, longer, the longer it exists, the more accurately it mimics yeah. her movements. And it gets more and more unsettling. Um, it sinks itself to her and prevents her from leaving the the door she tries to escape and then begins crushing her against it um until she passes until out. she passes out and while she's collapsing it perfectly mimics her collapse yeah and then it even starts mimicking her without watching her right right uh lena stands up but at this point it almost seems like she's the one mimicking the doppelganger because it does its movements first and that's weird. I don't care for that. <laughs> um, Lena grabs another phosphorus grenade from Kane's stash uh, and holds it out to the doppelganger who takes it from her. And when they make contact... <laughs> and when they make contact, it begins to morph into her more perfectly. Yeah, it starts to gain her features. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it is a very wild effect it is that they so do. weird to watch because it's like first it just has like her the coloration of her skin and hair and clothes and then it gets texture and then her eyes appear and then her more like her yeah. facial features appear and, and it, then she grows a mouth and it's and... not done in like a lot of like older transformation sequences where no. it cuts away and cuts back no. you watch it happen and it is unsettling as hell yeah yeah like it, it goes from Nothing to uncanny, to even more uncanny, to, to even her. more uncanny, to suddenly her. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lena holds on to the pin from the phosphorus phosphorus grenade as the uh, the doppelganger takes it. Um, she runs out the lighthouse and the doppelganger burns. It doesn't seem to know what being on fire is, or like from like white phosphorus burns or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to quite understand what that is. Yeah. And it begins touching things in the lighthouse, like it touches Kane's corpse, and it goes up again, it touches the walls, and the fungus growths burn, and then the whole lighthouse goes up. Yeah, it crawls down into the the crash pit. Yeah, the the fractal hole, and it begins lighting up as it spreads more phosphorus around. Um, As the lighthouse goes up, so do the crystal structures surrounding it, suggesting that they were part of whatever was growing out of the lighthouse. 
Um, and then we cut back to the present where uh, Lomax is interviewing Lena. He's really prodding her to like, okay, what was this alien like? It was an alien life form. What did it look like? And she's like, I, I can't say. Like, yeah, I don't know. What well, was it? Carbon based? Like, what the hell was it? I don't know. Um, it almost seems like she's mimicking Kane's answers from the beginning of the uh-huh. movie, where he couldn't answer. Yeah, and and one of the more poignant things is that uh, that he asks, "What did it want?" I don't think it wanted anything. But it it attacked you. It mirrored me. I attacked it. I'm not sure it even knew I was there. Yeah, like it yeah. wasn't even aware of me. Yeah, which is wild. considering what was going on. It's just like Jesus, what? What? Like, yeah, that's it's how? a wild. Yeah, thought. Yeah, and like she insists that it wasn't destroying anything. It was just creating new things. That's what its purpose was. If it had one, yeah, was just to create new things from what was there. Um, we find out that. A t- team has reached the lighthouse. It's been burnt to ash. The sh- the shimmer has disappeared, and Kane is seemingly better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as the shimmer went away, Kane started recovering. Right. So Lena goes to Very see him. rapidly recovering. Um. Lena is convinced that this Kane is not her Kane. Her Kane, her actual Kane. And then Kane asks if she is actually Lena. Uh, they yeah, in- and Le- Lena even asks him, like, you're not my cane. And he's like, I don't think so. Yeah. Which yeah. is a terrifying thought, too. Yeah, even if he was the original cane, he's not what went in there. No, no. He's in, in either in a physical or a metaphysical sense, he is right. no longer cane. Right. But at the same time, she is no longer Lena. Yeah. And they embrace. We get a close-up on their eyes, which are refracting. Suggesting that even though the shimmer is gone, whatever happened in there is going to continue ad infinitum. Mm-hmm. And that's where the movie stops. <laughs> yep, that's our open ending. And it's just like... <laughs> I love that ending because it... I I can't say what, what could happen after this. Like, Yeah, no, and that's that's what makes a good ending. Yeah. That's, that is for science fiction and horror science fiction. That's what makes a yeah. good ending. Is yeah. An ending that does not close questions. Yeah. It does not answer questions. It keeps the audience guessing and wondering and talking about it afterwards. And it is so. just, yeah. Yep. So. Um, but even with all that, this is going to forever be the bear movie. The bear movie. <laughs> right. Right. But more than that, um, though, like, because the movie has a lot of themes, but the biggest underlying one is of cancer. Yes. Because it's supposed to be the shimmer and whatever this asteroid is. Is, is a literal cancer on the earth. Yeah, a reality cancer. A reality cancer. And that's what cancer does. Is it? Cancer doesn't destroy no. because it's, you know, malignant. No, or it, it just... Malicious or Yeah, or it evil. replicates itself until the host can no longer survive. Yeah, it, and it, it mutates mm-hmm. the cells. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is doing to the earth and everything around yeah. it. Yeah, to reality. To reality. It's And that's why Lena says, like, she... It doesn't want anything because, yeah. I mean, cancer doesn't want anything. No, no. <laughs> cancer just is. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. So. And, like, the, the forms that it mutates life into can't survive. Mm-hmm. Like, that bear is has a skull for a face and no eyes. Yeah. And, like, 
probably doesn't have a brain, at least where its brain was. Yeah, it doesn't act like it is. Or so, at least it, it acts like it's got brain damage. It acts like it is a cancerous brain. Like it, like, yeah, like it's dying. And... Like, I, I mean, to get a little personal here, like, um, my mother just passed away mm-hmm. from cancer a couple of years ago. And, uh, it was lung cancer, but by the end of it, the cancer had spread to her brain. Yeah. And talking to her, she wasn't my mom anymore. Yeah. Like, she was very, very detached, and, like, you could tell. You could just tell. And that's what, like, watching, like, the bear is. Yeah. That's what that is like. It's just kind of gone. And yeah. same thing with a lot of the characters towards their end. Like, especially Anya, Anya starts to break down. Well, Anya, Josie, and Ventress. Like, yeah. by the end of it, they're not them anymore. Yeah. Uh, Anya is breaking down becoming super paranoid Josie just kind of accepts it and fades away mm-hmm. Ventress is curious about what's going on and ends up being consumed by it yep it's haunting it is very haunting so well with that I mean yeah that was our that was our annihilation movie yeah our cancer movie oof <laughs> this was a lot <laughs> it's a deep it's a it's the it's definitely the deepest movie we've covered. It's so. up there. It's up there. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Want to go ahead and go do, over to a crunch? Oh, sure. Alrighty. Hold on. Stop right there. Have you not heard the tales of the spooky forest where the haunted creature hails? Gather around, please. Take a seat. We have something to share. There's so much to learn about the bear. Firstly, he's a beast. I like any of known. He's died a billion times. You see, been birthed a billion more. He's the offspring of death and the champion of gore. He's the king of ghostly carnivore. All right, so. Welcome back to the crunch. I guess. I guess I'm doing it this time. Yeah, you're doing this. What? What, what just happened? It was uh, we were my hands. <laughs> no, we're echoing onto each other, Matt. Oh God. <laughs> uh, well, what I came up with this time was I, of course, had to do the bear. Like, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of. Well, you could have done the. Oh same... no, there's a lot I could have done and will, in fact, do. <laughs> yeah, but the bear was lot... the thing I had to do. You got a lot of kibbles for this, but yeah, but. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, let's crunch us into this this bear. Yeah. So this is the upsetting bear form. <laughs> I like that name. Yeah, which is a uh, medium aberration shapeshifter. He's not that big, man. No. Okay. He's the size of a brown bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unaligned armor class of twelve, natural armor. Hit points on average of sixty-five, uh, ten to eight plus twenty. Speed of forty feet, uh, climb feet of thirty feet. I used the bear stats because sure that makes sense. Yeah, it is a bear. Yeah, so it has the exact same stats as Mr. Brown Bear. Uh, plus two to strength, plus zero to dex, plus two to con, minus four to intelligence, plus one to wisdom, and minus two to charisma. Okay. Uh, senses: We got passive perception of eleven. Doesn't speak any languages, and he is a challenge rating four. Sure. Which is why his HP and AC are higher than regular bears. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we get into our abilities, and I don't know if these work, <laughs> which are always a good sign. No, that's that is the fun. That's the fun statement yeah. to make when we jump into these. Okay, so first I just want to do this, the one that he carries over from being a bear, which is the keen smell. 
Chris, I can tell you that probably works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he has advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on smell. I don't know how good he smells with a skull head, but hey, maybe he does. He's got two noses. But yeah, that checks out. That is That that works as advertised. Yeah, yeah. I think you did a good job okay, with that And one. then we get into the, the, the weird shit, because <laughs> I made this bear even more upsetting than he was in the movie. Wow. Because with the entire theme of the movie being on fractalization and echoing and refraction and duplication, the bear does that. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, in the movie, they even mention that, like, maybe the reason that it was screaming with Shepard's voice is that, like, in her last moments, yeah. she refracted onto it. Yeah. So it is constantly living out her last moments. Yeah. That, which is even more horrifying. That, that's one theory that they propose in the movie. Another fan theory is that this isn't the same bear that attacked Shepard. This is Shepard. Oh, fuck. Okay. That's why it's got the skull. Sure. And it the bear refracted onto her. Oh, God. That's even more horrifying. Yes, All right. which is the scariest goddamn thing I can think of. Yeah. Which is what I went with. Okay. So, uh, our first bear ability is fractalization. Okay. Whenever a creature with a maximum HP of more than one, that is so when... Anything. <laughs> Any is creature. anything that doesn't... That has more than one HP. So, yeah. not insects, right. mice, things like that. Right. Some cats. <laughs> Uh, that is within 400 feet of the bear form dies, roll 1d10. On a 10, in 1d4 hours, the creature rises as a new bear form. Fuck! Except its size is the same as the deceased creature. Oh. The new bear form is aggressive to all creatures the previous bear form was aggressive to. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, that's... Fractal bears. That's ridiculous. Yes. Okay. And then we get refracted mimicry. The bear form can mimic the voice or noises it had previously, so before it died, as well as all voices and noises the bear form that spawned it could mimic. Oh my god. The words it can mimic are limited to simple sentences and phrases. The bear form is not cognizant of the words it is saying and cannot understand them. Oh, jeez. A creature that hears the sounds can tell that they are imitations with a successful DC-12 wisdom insight check. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so this... I made the bear worse. I think that, like, your what you have here does work. Uh-huh. It's just gonna take a lot oh, yeah. of planning on the DM's part. Oh, and a lot yeah. Of, a lot of careful, uh, just... Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot of these traits, they, they make it function, but the players are likely not gonna be privy to exactly. the majority exactly. of them. Exactly, exactly. Just, like, w what I figure happening is, like, there's a one of these... A fractal bear in the woods somewhere... The party's attacked by bandits. They kill the bandits. Sure. And then they like, okay, we're a little beat up from that. We got to take nappy naps. So they go and they set up camp and all these dead bodies come back as bears shouting the things that the bandits shouted at oh the players. Oh my God. Yeah, no, this is a, uh, this is a low challenge rating boss, like, yes. like campaign based creature. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Okay, that is that is a really unique thing. Yeah. Or maybe the the party goes into a stumbles into a, like an area of wood of the woods where a lot of the wildlife are weird freaking monster uh -huh. bear things. Okay, and then we get to our actions. Uh, Mr. Bear has multi attack. He makes four attacks: one with its bite and three with its claws. Holy crap! Okay, the damage works out to a level or a challenge wow. rating four creature. Okay, because I didn't increase the damage from regular bear. Okay, yeah, I, I, like as soon as you said that four attacks, I looked down to its damage yeah. output and it's like, okay, well, I it mean, just makes a lot of little attacks. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, bite is a melee weapon attack, plus four to hit. Uh, reach five feet, one target, average of five damage. Claws, uh, plus four to hit, reach five feet, one target, hit of seven damage. On That's average. it. All right. And so nothing special in its attacks. It's in, all it's in those. In fact, like, what it does is not special. It's just what it happens to be. Yeah. And the fact that it can duplicate up to infinity. Mm-hmm. The, this could overrun the population. Yeah. Which is kind of the point. Yes. So, yeah. This I, is a plague creature. Yeah. We've got a few of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like... We've got a few freaking <laughs> and, um, apocalyptic level yeah. creatures in our this in our repertoire now. stupid bear, though, you don't have to see it yeah. for it to start replicating. It doesn't uh-huh. have to be involved in the creature's death. Yeah, no. The, it just has to be within range. It just exists. Yes. It just has to exist. It exists and cause problems, kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But that is... That is uh, the upsetting bear form. And yes, I'm using the whatever form as a new template for creatures, just like <laughs> I have done with the, the Zeno. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. I, I like these... Uh, <laughs> I like having these kind of bestiaries yeah, that we're, yeah. we're building. Hey, so. we're building our source book, man. Yep, we are. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with that... Um, yeah, what the hell were you doing next week, Matt? Well, I was looking at our calendar because we, we were behind the scenes... Uh, we were catching up really rapidly. Like, we were getting to the point where we would record an episode almost to the week of its release, yeah. and that, that wasn't great. So we started recording these pretty frequently, and now we're finally to the point where uh, the next we episode... Space. Yeah, we got a little bit of space. The next episode is going to release the first week of January. Oh, Happy New Year. So, yeah, Happy New Year. Um, also, January is my favorite month. Because, because it's Matt Month? It's Matt Month. So what are we doing for Matt Month? So for Matt Month, um, I wish it fell a little closer to my birthday, but it doesn't. So, uh, but the next episode that I'm going to do is in February, which is not Matt Month. Um, but for Matt Month, I wanted to do, going uh, to continue taking you on my hey, Godzilla right. journey. Yay, which one are we doing? We are going to be covering the very first Godzilla movie that I ever owned. Oh, okay. Godzilla versus Megalon. Hell yeah, I love that fucker. <laughs> yep, it's one so, of my favorite Godzilla monsters. He's one, so goofy. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna cover Godzilla versus Megalon next time. Um, and with that, uh, thank you so much for listening. We, as always, very much appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, of course, find our stat blocks in the description, uh, as well as links to our socials and other ways of getting in touch with us. Feel free to reach out. Uh, give us any feedback because I would love to continue to improve this podcast mm-hmm. in any way. Um, and uh, also just to hear from anybody who's listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, and if you want to suggest a movie, if there's a movie you want us to specifically cover. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I mean, we're obviously not afraid of covering movies that we know we're going to hate or think that we're yeah. going to hate or know that we're going to love or movie. You know, we, yeah. We've we've covered a pretty, a pretty wide variety of creature movies at this point. Um yeah. And I'd love to hear what you want us to watch. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon might be the oldest movie we're watching on this podcast. Might be. I don't think we've reached anything be- before the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's probably going to be. Yeah, okay. So. Well, we'll have to remedy that at some point, because we got to get to some 50s giant monster nonsense. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, thank you so much. Uh, do, do please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, $5 a month gets you the Swamp Heap level where you get our bonus Critter Kibbles episodes where we have just a ton of extra D&D content if that's your jam. Yeah, if you you like that, like if if you are interested in the tabletop shit that we do, like that's the place to get it. Right, and we've got some really fun stuff. I mean, that's where we have our our terror truck. Yep. Uh, We've got the John Voight 
Bennett's performance in Anaconda mm-hmm. Stat Block. Uh, We've if you got punch everything John to, Voight. to make yourself a creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Yes, you could become a creeper from Jeepers Creepers now. Um, I, I was thinking about it. We might want to kind of showcase, or at least mention some of the things Right, we've done. yeah. We'll show what else but do we got there. We've got... Uh, some of our more goofy stuff. Yeah. Um, we, we get a little weirder in those, usually. Yeah. Played yeah. a little less safe. But, uh... Yeah, Play we'll, traffic. Well, we'll come You can become a ghost rider if you want to become a ghost rider. Yeah, yeah, you can become a ghost rider. Uh, you, a you shark can, man. You can become the predator being the ghost rider. It's true, you can. <laughs> Thanks to me. Who was from space. Who's from space, yes. <laughs> so... Like an actual spaceman, I guess. Yeah, that one of our one space. of our backgrounds is in fact a spaceman. So uh, yeah, um, we would really appreciate that. If you don't want to swing the five dollars a month, though, uh, you but you're still kind of dig what we're doing. Yeah, and want to support us? There's the fur buddy level, one buck a month. We'll just help support us for now. Um, for just I, a dollar a month, you can help us rent stupid movies. <laughs> even though we didn't have to rent this, we one. didn't have to Yay! rent this one. I was so excited. I know, right? I was so happy, even though I had to watch those very loud ads. <laughs> They weren't as bad as Tubi ads. They weren't as bad as Tubi ads. Like, Amazon actually shows you where the ads are, for one. Yeah, yeah. you see the ad breaks in the, the timeline. and They're long. Like, most they're, of the ad about, breaks were a couple minutes long. They're about as long as, like, cable TV ads. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little shorter than Which that. Which wasn't too I bad. Did have, I did have one ad break that was only one commercial. Oh, really? I didn't have any but, that were. But I anyway. kept getting ones for um, Survivor Series from WWE. <laughs> Which is fine, because I got to hear War Pigs a lot. <laughs> you, there you go. I was fine with that. <laughs> I kept getting the Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty Warzone. Warzone? Warzone 2. 2.0 commercial. Yeah. I got that one a few times, but it, it was Survivor <laughs> Series and Pokemon for me. But um, anyway, God, that's weird, because it's like... We were watching the same thing at roughly the same time. Right. Like, well, I, I watched it a bunch earlier, day. but yeah. And I have a lot of Pokemon in my search history lately, so I don't know yeah. why. Maybe that's why. It's like, no, this guy already clearly already has Pokemon Scarlet. Anyway, um, with that, thank you so much. And uh, we will... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Socials. Yes. If we want to keep covering those. We Chris... probably should until we get guaranteed that they're not there anymore. Okay, so Chris, where yeah. can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and I am currently squatting on the Hive Social under uh the library c that's ce and you can find me on twitter um or tumblr i guess at uh nanny underscore hamsteak uh i don't do a whole lot on either of those especially right now because i am weird about spoilers and i don't want my pokemons to be spoiled so yep although maybe by the time this episode comes out that'll probably change you'll probably be done with it by then i'll probably be done with that by i now. give you another week before you're through that critter i'm getting close yeah I'm taking my time. I'm savoring like a fine wine that I occasionally drop through my chest. And see, that's part of the problem too, though. This one is taking me a lot longer uh-huh. because it is an open world. And with open world games, I'm like, I'm almost like so reticent to actually explore the rest oh, of the world. Yeah. Because then that means there's no more world to explore. That's weird. It's that's uh, contradictory. It, but it is. Well, it's because it, I like the ooh, there's something new yeah. aspect. Of I get it. you. I get. And you. once you've explored everything, there's no longer anything. New. Okay. Should we end this so Mac or so Mike can come down the stairs? We might. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>